Tonight, YouTuber Matt Christensen joins us to discuss the ongoing Patreon purge. I'm Roaming Millennial, and you're watching Uncensored. Welcome back to the show. So last episode, we talked about the whole Patreon debacle that started after the popular crowdfunding website booted popular YouTuber Sargon of Akkad. Since that happened, a lot of people, both content creators and audience members alike, have been wanting more answers from Patreon as to why they did what they did. And thankfully, Matt Christensen, who's been on the show before and is a great content creator, actually managed to get onto a call with someone at Patreon to ask them about their questionable business decisions. Matt joins us now. Hey, Matt, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. And so in our last video that we did, we talked about the whole Patreon debacle and we featured a video clip of yours because you're someone who's kind of been at the forefront of this little conversation because of a call you had with Jacqueline Hart. You did a little bit of investigative journalism, which I love because I feel like this is the kind of thing the mainstream media should be looking into. Uh, Patreon is this huge site. A lot of creators depend on it. It has to do with things like independent media. I feel like this should interest them, but for some reason it's it seems like they're, they're just keen to listen to what Patreon says and then not explore this any further. The New York Times did do a piece about this, but uh, I think as a lot of people who are more informed about the subject know, very, very one-sided. So you had a call with Jacqueline Hart, who's on Patreon's Trust and Safety Committee. And, you know, there were some things that came out of that conversation that I thought were very, very interesting. Um, what struck me the most, I think a lot of other people, you included, was the way that she talked about payment processors like MasterCard and PayPal as kind of having their own standards of who they want to be involved in financing. And when we've been looking at this Patreon issue, it's the, the focus at first especially was very on like, what, what does Patreon want? What are their terms of service? Why are they doing this? But do, do you think, she denied this in the call, but do you think there is maybe a reason to believe that payment processors are a little bit more involved in the situation than we at first thought. Well, I think there is reason to believe that based both on what she said and based on the evidence that I know you've discussed and a lot of people have been circulating, which is the Robert Spencer case where they said explicitly in August, uh, look, we had to ban your Patreon account, sir, regrettably, or what did they say? Unfortunately, yeah, implying that MasterCard had forced or coerced them to do this or whatever. Uh, I was not aware of that prior to this call, but because she kept referencing the payment processors, that was certainly a recurring theme of my questioning because it was really hard to nail down where she was actually pinning the responsibility. Mm -hmm. So she would say, well, we on Patreon, we believe in creating a community where everyone feels welcome and it has to be inclusive. Therefore, we have to act a you know, broad swath of people for political reasons <laughs> is what the cynic would say. Someone like me would say, maybe she would say people who are exclusive in their worldview or something like that. But then she would go beyond that and say, and also we're part of the global payment network and they make us do stuff. And I would keep asking, well, are you saying someone pressured you to do this? Or are you saying this was Patreon's decision? And as you noted, she said, no, no, with Sargon, this was uh, specifically our decision. I couldn't really get a clear answer out of her because I kept asking, well, if you're upholding your own ideals in banning Sargon, then whether or not those ideals align with a payment like, process bring it up? isn't necessarily relevant. Yeah, it's just extra. It's it's just added on. It's not really doing anything. So 
I don't know. It's possible that Sargon is a case where both the interests and values of Patreon and the payment processors align, as she's describing, but that doesn't mean that payment processors aren't applying pressure in cases um, in addition to Sargon or on an ongoing basis, as we've seen, not just implied by Jacqueline Hart, but explicitly through the Patreon uh, Twitter account mm -hmm. with regard to Robert Spencer. And what's frustrating about something like the situation, and it's a similar thing with Twitter, any any area where there's sort of one site that has a monopoly on the users, uh, whether it's crowdfunding or social media, anything like that, it's it's kind of interesting to me because with, with PayPal, it, I would love to say that they're not involved in this, and it seems like with or without them, Patreon, Patreon would still, I mean, not be cool with some of the political figures who have been kicked off being there, right? I, I, I'm not saying that it's like entirely PayPal's fault, but this wouldn't be such a big issue. Patreon booting Sargon wouldn't be such a big issue if there was an alternative, right? And we've seen yeah. that they people have tried to do that because Patreon, it's a really valuable site, but when you think about it, it's not... It's not that complex, right? What it does. I mean, it just, it, it takes subscriptions, pledges from people, allows you to make posts. It doesn't even host video on itself. You can embed YouTube links, but that's about it. It's not a complicated site, but yet there's no other alternative, right? Make, maker support went down, Subscribestar went down. And that's, that is because of PayPal. Like when it comes to that, we can say, hey, PayPal, you are responsible for this. Um, but the, I think a question that Sargon himself brought up in regard to that, I think he's leaning a little bit more on the fact that this is a Patreon issue, is that why then do we still have these creators, have like Sargon, like, uh, I guess, I'm not sure if Robert Spencer still has a PayPal account, but why are they still able to have their private PayPal accounts? It's just, it seems like a really yeah. deep issue. That's a great question. I think that's the number one point that you made against the idea that PayPal is a unique actor in this or something they might be an actor but to your point if paypal's pressuring patreon to get rid of sargon you would assume paypal would take action uh, itself to get rid of sargon and the other thing i can't figure out is if it is like the paypals and the mastercards of the world applying pressure why wouldn't patreon go more the route that they did with robert spencer and say listen, we rely on these payment processors to right. run our business. If we don't do what they say, we'll be banned from processing payments for anybody. So in order to preserve that business and get as many people paid as we can, we have to ban Sargon right now, but let it be known, we are very much against this. We're going to try to seek alternatives, maybe even build an alternative such that we can uphold a free speech platform and not do this type of ideological policing. If Jack Conti, Jacqueline Hart, those people came out and said, for business reasons, we have to do this. For, uh, I for ideological reasons or political reasons, we hate this. It's not aligned with our values. So we're going to work on something else going forward. They'd have a lot more sympathy from, from people like me. So I don't know. Like you would think if it's just those outside payment processors applying pressure and Patreon hated it, Patreon would let that be known as a public relations measure, but they're not doing that. Yeah, and I would gladly support Patreon in that decision if that were the case, yeah. because I understand if there are a limited amount of payment processors out there, you have to toe the line at least to some extent. Um, but yeah. with this whole thing, I've been trying to explain to people why this matters, even beyond YouTube political sphere, right? Because I've had people say, so what? Like, so they don't want to host this white supremacist that we're referring to Sargon, obviously not true. What's the big deal? But I think it, it sets a very, very scary precedent for anyone who's interested in independent media, right? Because 
I mean, the whole point of independent media and the reason why it's allowed to exist today in a way that wasn't possible 10, 20 years ago is because we are able to go to people and seek funding directly from viewers, from audience members, which means we're not dependent on major networks or sponsors or anything like that. But if we have people who are saying, no, you can't even do that, like not only uh, will we not broadcast you on CNN, not only will uh, companies not be able to broadcast you because we'll boycott them uh, if, if they choose to support you because we don't like what they say, now we're also going to prevent people from pledging to you directly. That's, that's a very, very yeah. scary prospect. And beyond just media, it's it's simply engaging in commerce. And that's right. what I would say to anyone who's not maybe involved in this like niche uh, alt media world is like, you have to understand the precedent that we're setting here is that companies like PayPal, MasterCard or others are going to monitor your financial activity and decide it, if it is morally acceptable or aligned with their ideological worldview. And if it's not, they're going to bar you from at least their sphere of commerce. Mm -hmm. The logical extension of all of this to me is that you'd have to have some sort of, you'd have to like demonstrate ideological purity to PayPal or MasterCard or something like that. Like no Nazis will be buying groceries with your MasterCard. Now, of course, that sounds a little silly now. It's probably a few steps removed, but the point is the reasoning used to, do, to make this type of decision is reasoning that would extend to that type of, uh, to that type of scenario. So that's, that's the case that I would make to someone who might not be in this sphere is, do you want ideological litmus tests applied to everyday financial exchange, or do you think you should be free to pay people and receive payment for goods and services so long as it's within the confines of the law? And of course, what we're talking about here is squarely within yeah. the confines of free speech and within the law. Right, exactly. And it's kind of the, I've heard people bring up the issue. It's almost like we're at a point where we're asking ourselves, should Nazis be able to use roads? Right, because yeah. It, yeah, and that's scary, especially because I've had people frame this as a, oh, so you think PayPal or Patreon should have to service Nazis, and it's like actually, I I don't think that I still support Patreon's ability to have terms of service. Uh, the terms of service themselves, as they're written, like I I don't particularly have a problem with that. It seems to be the enforcement and the fact that we're even looking at people getting like Sargon getting kicked off and saying, oh, so that means you think they should service Nazis, really goes to show how. I corrupted this whole dialogue has become about political issues because that is not at all what's happening right now. But it, it kind of raises a good question, which is then what do we what do we do, right? Because I know you're like me and uh, you know pretty hands off government wise. You support freedom of association when it comes to something um, mm -hmm. like these payment processors. What what is the what is the workaround for that? I mean, you know, people have brought up things like antitrust laws. That's becoming a little bit more popular, especially in the light of some possible collusion. Um, other people are saying that we should have an Internet Bill of Rights, that these things should be classified as public utilities. Where do you fall on that? I wish I had a good answer for you, because that I think is the million dollar question that the next year is poised to answer, maybe beyond. But. Yeah, I mean, of course, I'm with you that I just like I don't think the baker has to bake the cake mm -hmm. for any for any reason. I don't think Patreon is obligated to serve me or you or Sargon or anyone else for any reason uh, that they might might decide or for no publicly uh, announced reason at all. The problem and what we're seeing here is whether Patreon's doing it or the payment processors are doing it. Sargon has been declined by this bank or not the, uh, or this bakery. Let's put it that way. So he walks over to the next bakery at Subscribestar and the payment processors, PayPal, Stripe, the rest of them, 
they go over to that bakery and start meddling in that one yeah. and say, no, there will be no baking here either. Okay, but that, that's where the line has to be drawn. I support your right to associate or disassociate according to your own judgment. But now you're going over to a transaction between two parties outside yourself and saying, no, this won't happen here either. Is the answer to build your own payment processor? That is, uh, that's quite the task. In the ideal world, that would be my solution. I'd like to solve these things through uh, competition in the private market. Granted, some, some of the infrastructure for these things is, is Herculean to build, mm -hmm. so I don't have a great answer for how to build that sort of thing. There is another side to this, and that's, that, um, that's the case you mentioned. I mean, certainly I think we all agree that government exists for some purposes. One of those purposes might Caps be maintaining right competition now. <laughs> in a marketplace. I don't think it's insane to think that some type of government regulation to preserve uh, competition in a market like that is is way outside the scope of what most people would agree is an appropriate role for government. I just don't have the specifics thought out in my head yet to uh, to give what I, I mean, uh, beyond saying that I'd like to see a private solution here. But, you know, I, I can't say that the people who are looking for government one are insane. Um, I'm mostly fascinated as an observer to see how the, the how this is going to be resolved because I have faith that it will be resolved. The demand for content like Sargon's or yours or mine is far too great for this market just to disappear. Uh, and we have efforts on both sides of this. I know we've got like Jordan Peterson, Dave Rubin leaving Patreon, big players trying to build alternatives that might rely on crypto. They might not rely on banking infrastructure at all. On the other side of it, you've got people like YouTuber Law who are planning to file detailed uh, a detailed complaint with the FTC about supposed antitrust violations that right. Patreon and PayPal are making. So you have big players making moves on both sides of that equation. Maybe one of them wins out in terms of the viable solution. Maybe they both actually win out. But the one thing I'll say is I'm pretty confident that we will get some type of resolution and a safer home for people like you and I who make this type of material. Because the the demand is just is just too high for it, and it, and it it goes for myself included. Like as somebody who makes this material and and puts it out there, I don't want to watch CNN, and I don't want to watch MSNBC or really even Fox News either. I want to turn on shows like yours and and all the others that I enjoy on YouTube, and I want to support them directly. And there's a lot of money to be made for the the people who accommodate that market. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I've kind of been trying to communicate to people because. As someone who is, you know, on the more small government side of things, not to say that I'm completely libertarian or anything, I do believe in free market freedom of association and everything like that. But it's in this is an instance where I feel it's almost like the free market can't happen because there are barriers in the way uh, to entry. And you mentioned the baker and the the thing I've also wanted to bring up in regard to this, because that's something I've had people say, you're a hypocrite, you said you didn't have to bake the cake, but now when it comes to PayPal, you're saying they have to process the payment. I mean, I ideally, there would be an alternative to PayPal, and there are some uh, things like Payoneer that have started to pop up, but as always, I think we could use more because this is still a problem with just the set number that we have. But in the case of the baker, and this is something people aren't really talking about, he was very clear that he wasn't turning down or refusing service to a person, right? He wasn't saying, you're gay, I won't bake you this cake, or with the new lawsuit that just came out, you're trans, I'm not going to bake you this cake. He was refusing a job, saying, I don't want to bake a cake for this specific event. He made it very clear he wasn't discriminating against a person. 
alternatively, when it comes to someone like Patreon or Twitter, they're not saying we don't want to fund this type of content, we don't want to host this type of tweet. They are actually saying, no, you as a person, we will not service. I, you know, ideologically, I'm not even necessarily against that if there are alternative if there are alternatives that person can go to. But I, I just think that trying to conflate those two things is sort of dangerous because there there is a difference there. Yeah, I, I think the one thing that challenges my worldview on this, and, and I sense that we share the same worldview or, or something similar, because even in that case where they're saying, I won't engage in commerce with you, the person, on account of who you are as a person, well, fundamentally, I, I just don't I, believe that I still you have support a right. that, yeah. 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 I don't think you have a right to anyone's goods or services for any reason. So even though I, I wouldn't like that bakery, I, you know, I can't say that the baker is necessarily in the wrong. But I guess the, the assumption in my thinking there, and maybe this exists in yours too, is that the incentive, the financial incentive of the marketplace is so great, so high, that inevitably a competitor will arise who says, you know, morals or ideological viewpoint be damned. There's money to be made here. And at the end of the day, um, you know, money rules that money rules the day. Green is is king here. So, but but we're not necessarily seeing that. I guess what's so crazy about this particular instance, social media in general, these tech giants in general, it is basically a cartel coordinating and colluding at this point to uphold an ideological viewpoint, even if they leave a ton of money on the table in doing so. And that is very surprising to me. That's very surprising to me that there's this much money in play and at stake and this many actors are saying, no, thank you. We'd rather uphold the ideology than uh, dip our hands in that cash. That's maybe a flaw in, in my thinking, something I'd have to confront that given that choice between ideological purity and money, these actors don't always choose money, which I sort of assume they would but yeah I'm, maybe that's I'm, faulty <laughs> i'm the same way because it, with a lot of yeah. the things like i mean cakes and things like that i mean i wouldn't bake a cake for the kkk or anything but i can easily imagine an event where i'm like ah, i don't like that but also i want the money you know like we're talking about like a cake for some sort of twilight viewing party or something i don't support it but i would make the cake but i think when it comes to these monopolies they have so much money already that they are able to say you know what? No, I don't want that, which is just another reason why more competition is a good thing because, uh, yeah. you know, someone who has a smaller share of the market, maybe they wouldn't be in, in the position to say, or they wouldn't want to say, no, I just don't want all of your business because they would still need yeah. it. Whereas these, these giant companies can be a heck of a lot more choosy. They don't need our business. Well, y yes and no, because a lot of these companies are publicly traded or at least have investors in some capacity. And I guess that's what's surprising to me too. You know, it's one thing, I don't know what Patreon's status is. I, I know they have, they've gotten a lot of venture capital lately I, or so I've told, so I'm told, but I don't think they're publicly traded or anything like that. Anyway, point is, uh, I'm surprised that there aren't investors getting mad at the Facebooks and the Twitters of the world. And, and I guess there are, but specifically for the reason of how is it possible that you think you're going to expand your reach and therefore return profit to me, which is the point of my investment, by banning people off of your website? That doesn't seem like a way to increase profits to me. That seems like a way to ruin my investment. Yeah. Uh, we should probably change course in terms of our business strategy. That's not something that's happened, at least in the masses yet. And even the people who are behind the investment at Patreon, you would think like, 
okay, I made an investment in Patreon not to like uphold a progressive worldview. I made an investment in Patreon to get a return on my investment. So how is it that you think you're going to return money to me by banning users and pissing everyone off? That doesn't seem to make sense. So I, I just wonder where the investor pressure is. Behind, maybe behind maybe it doesn't exist Silicon because Valley they're not companies. aware of it yet, though. And that's another mm -hmm. thing that I mentioned because these stories, they're not, I mean, it's it'd be a, inaccurate to say they're not being reported on in the mainstream media, but I feel like they're, the, the pieces I've read about it, like, oh, you know, uh, alt-right or Sargon is banned from Patreon. They're, yeah. they're A, painting it in a way that it's very easy to side with Patreon, and B, they're not really addressing the scope of, of what patreon is doing in the backlash that it's having so i feel like maybe if you're an investor someone who doesn't really even care about like youtube political or whatever you're solely looking at something like paypal as an investment to be made you you may not be tuned into this sort of thing and maybe that's something that you know creators like you hopefully like me can help fill in um hopefully someone who actually is in tune with these things who has some sort of like financial influence can see what what these companies are doing and not even like you said necessarily from an ideological standpoint but just from a hey this is bad business you've lost a lot of customers over this yeah i mean to your point on the media coverage at least in mainstream media sources it is frustrating that they get both the gist and specific details uh, completely wrong. Like yeah. in the case of the New York Times article about Patreon, Jacqueline Hart was quoted as saying, um, you just can't say these words on Patreon, referring to Sargon. Well, <laughs> the key facts here. One, the word was not said on Patreon. Right. It was said on YouTube, not even on his channel. Uh, and secondly, that's contrary to everything she said to people like me, which is that context is always evaluated. Well, if I can't say these words, period, that context is irrelevant. It's, it's details like that where it's like just a, just a nudge of scrutiny from the journalists writing these things would expose these inconsistencies, uh, would, would add relevant detail to the story, uh, you know, like Sargon's um, transgression in question being off-site. That's pretty key in terms of right, understanding so. the story. They just got that flat out wrong. It is frustrating that... I, I'm always frustrated that it's like people like at the New York Times with all the money that's there, all the infrastructure, all the resources, they can't get basic pieces of information like this right. Whereas people like you and I who are sitting in like makeshift, well, yours is nicer than mine, but I'm going to call mine a makeshift home studio, uh, can get at this information more readily. That's frustrating. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's like I don't necessarily feel like um, people like us have a super special set of skills. We just take like one extra step to ask a question and investigate it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's not happening. And it's really frustrating. I don't know. I don't know. You could you could speculate about why that's the case. Maybe it's to cover for an ideological friend. Maybe it's laziness. What a, you know? Take your pick. But it's it's not happening to the degree that it should be. Yeah, that's definitely frustrating. But uh, I mean, I'm hoping that at least with with channels like yours, the information is out there if people would just but search for it on YouTube. Uh, so thank you again for I mean, a doing the call Jacqueline Hart, uh, you know, transcribing all of that it's been I mean, that video of that piece is really blown up. And I think for good reason, it's definitely useful information to have for people who want to keep up with you. I mean, you've been on the show before, so hopefully everyone's already subscribed to you. But if they haven't, for some reason, where can they find you? Yeah, it's just Matt Christian, uh, Christensen. It's Christian, like the religion, S-E-N. That's the easiest way to spell it, because my name's kind of a nightmare to, uh, to spell. But you can just Google me. You'll find my YouTube channel. You'll find my Twitter. You'll find all that. Okay, cool. And again, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.